0: Welcome to the Sky Talkers. I'm Charlotte, and I'm Caitlin, and we are here to talk about Rebels in our second episode. We're so excited to be back, and um, we I... just had to talk about this
1: premiere. Yeah, it was great. It was really exciting. Coming
0: right off of Rogue One, I think it was amazing to see Saw and um, go back to Geonosis. Going so back to Geonosis. Um, so I guess we can start. I'm going to ask you a
1: question, Caitlin. What did you think of the entire thing? The entire thing. <laughs> the well, if you don't know, it was too Well, I guess we should probably start yeah. out first by saying that this is going to be a spoiler obviously uh, podcast. So we're going to be talking about the episode. Um, hopefully, that goes without saying. Definitely. <laughs> uh, but overall, I really loved it. Uh, I think my favorite thing that I love about uh, this episode in particular, these two episodes, uh, was the fact that it just it really. Okay, one, it felt like Star Wars, which I know is kind of a cliche thing to say. Sometimes Rebels feels like a little bit of, like, they're
0: hearkening on a different movie. Sometimes they follow, like, that st- those steps and yeah. those archetypes. And I think that this Rebels episode felt, you're right, it felt very
1: Star Wars. It felt Star Wars, and it connected... So seamlessly to all of so many different parts of Canon, you had Saw and Rex's relationship. Rex talking about um, Anakin Skywalker. You had Kanan, who's connected to Order sixty six, who's con- Order sixty six, who's connected to Ezra. You, you, I mean, you had Geonosis, which is you know very heavy in both the prequel movies and in Clone Wars. It was just a really everything. Everything felt like it was supposed to be there. Nothing felt like an Easter egg. Um, at it, it was just very seamless, I thought. You could tell that Dave and all the people on the Rebel staff
0: were like so excited to put this out because they were mm-hmm. like, "Wow, finally we can talk about this. We can put this <laughs> in. We can, can do all these things. You know, we can connect it the way that we want to connect it." Yeah,
1: I I know. I know. In the, our last episode, we talked about um, how working at Lucasfilm would be the best thing ever, but I can't imagine having to keep all those kind no, of secrets. No, it'd
0: be so hard. It would be
1: so hard. Imagine being Dave Filoni.
0: I'm just so curious to see if. Rebels does the thing and, you know, goes all the way up to the time period that Rogue One set into, and you see the characters that we know in Rebels alongside, or, like, the timeline alongside of what happens in Rogue One, or if they survive or what, because, you know, we're getting a
1: little bit close. We're getting close. No, we're getting really Really close, close. and I think that's... well. I wouldn't say really close because, I mean, in this episode, yeah. Sagarera is still, still has, really young. Yeah, he still, still has doesn't no hair, hair. Yeah. Which is kind of the opposite of what happens when you get old. You kind of lose your hair. Mm. Whereas Sagarera, <laughs> he gains hair, <laughs> he grows his hair. Um, but I think it would be really interesting to see if Rebels continued far enough along into the movie where, like, you know, in Rebel on Yavin Base, when they say, you know, General Sandola, General Sandola, if. We get to see that episode of where she's going, you know what I mean? Totally. Because that that would be so really clearly cool. she survives. <laughs> yeah, we know she survives. We know Chopper survives. Uh, everyone else though, up in the air.
0: You know, it's so funny because I'm sure a lot of people have seen the Rebels Recon that Lucasfilm puts out. But oh my god, I can't even start with Rebels Recon. <laughs> <laughs> it's I... It's so great. I love that Lucasfilm does it, but it is so
1: funny the whole chopper gag, the chopper cam. Chopper cam. I cannot believe that I did not pick up. Like I don't feel like anyone picked up on the. No one in the comments talked about it. Chopper was away in England because he was doing (laughs) a Rogue One. I just when that came out, I just felt. What I think of course. (laughs) What he's. He was in um, London. Man.
0: Like, I think that every, because the timing was so that it was around Celebration. So I think that Celebration Europe. So I think it was, was like, it? Yeah. So I think it was like, oh my gosh. Was it? Maybe it wasn't. I, I don't even
1: remember. I think we're being all just a little confused. by the fact that Chopper was in London. Or like, I don't even remember even <laughs> thinking about why he was obsessed with the Queen. I was just like, oh, it's a Chopper thing to do. Like, he's a little crazy, he's a little snarky. Uh, he's just he's just doing it. It's so funny. Their their little <laughs> gag with R two is the funniest. Thing. The R two gag is hilarious. And R two with the in the car. Yeah. And how Chopper has no car and he has to walk or roll along to set, <laughs> whereas R two gets his own personal transportation. It's just hilarious. It's perfect. Yeah. I love it so much. <laughs> okay. Okay. Back to that. episode. Yeah. Uh, all right. So what did you think of Saw's introduction? Um, I thought, you know, I really can't wait to see more
0: of like edgy rebellious like snarky and actually like super annoying saw i want to see that point in which he you know gets totally rejected
1: by the rebel alliance and they like sever ties with him i'm ready for that i can't wait to see more of him do you think the rebellion severs ties with him or do you think that he saw sever's ties with the rebellion because they're not willing to do what he thinks needs to be done
0: yeah i'm not sure that's actually that's a good point yeah. maybe, maybe it's mutual, but I don't think so because in Rogue One, don't they say something about how they've lost? You might be right that they've lost contact with him. I think or he's it's kind almost, of kind of like become like an anarchist.
1: Yeah, I think Saw just kind of loses himself so much in the cause, maybe that he. It's like he was on in this episode. He was on Geonosis for a while before the rebels before Phoenix Squadron even got there, you know? Yeah. And he was just, he was mapping the tunnels. Like, how long do you think he was there? Uh, I don't know. (laughs) How long was Was he there? But do you think it was a good... um, Do you think his narrative so far in chronological order from Clone Wars now to Rebels and then to Rogue One, do you see his development? Do you think it all makes sense now? Totally. The parts that we have. Totally.
0: I was, like, in the episode when Ezra... And when Rex tells Ezra that you know Saw is so aggressive towards like the Trade Federation Separatist droids because of the fact that they essentially killed his sister Stila, I I knew that that obviously I knew that about Stila and like that's how she died. But the fact that he was so angry and like crazy, it all made sense then. Mm-hmm,
1: yeah, and
0: I thought that was really interesting with his handling. And of course he'd be like that. It totally links up with his character in Clone Wars. Yeah, I also think that they did a really good job with the animation um, transition between, you know, how we saw with blue eyes in, in <laughs> Clone Wars to, yeah. like, now he has green eyes, and then in, in Rogue One he has brown eyes. I don't
1: even think I noticed so, his like, eye color. Y- yeah, the, exactly. I was trying to remember if he had the, the big Anakin facial scar No, in I don't Rogue think One. so. You know, I'm going to look that like, up. He must have had some topical cream he put on that. <laughs> um, I... I really, I thought they did a really great job with Saw. I loved how our perception of Saw kind of followed um, Kanan and Ezra's, the more they knew about him. Mm-hmm. Really, because in the first episode, Saw is, he's very insistent, but he's not, um, he's not, I, he's not extreme, I would mm-hmm. say. He's just very insistent that the... That Kanan and Ezra and Chopper follow him further into the tunnels. And, you know, he keeps saying things like, oh, this is the better idea. This is how we're going to help your friends, you know, playing to their um, motives rather than his own. But, you know, he's really he's really trying to get them to do what he wants to do. And it's not until the second episode, once they finally have click-clack, that he... <laughs> Click-click-clack? Try saying that seriously. <laughs> um, that you can't. He... <laughs> it's not possible. <laughs> it's not until they get click-clack that he kind of shows his true colors I feel like Kanan and Ezra both see kind of how far he's gone and what lengths he's willing to go to so I thought that was really well done totally over the course of the two episodes something
0: that I really love about what Rebels is doing is expanding on this idea that people who have force abilities have special strengths and I love that Ezra's strength is something to do with creatures and like people who can't speak for themselves and or be understood I really love that, and I th- I'm so interested to see how it goes, and I think that's a really interesting facet of his character.
1: I like it, too. I did see this critique online, though, about that and how he, um, how it was very dehumanizing to the Geonosian that he was considered, like, an animal it, oh. and not a real person, and how Ezra kind of, not that what Ezra was doing was bad, but the language around it, like, um, uh, Ezra's good with animals. He could talk to him as if the geonosin was an animal and not. not that he's a person because he's obviously a different species, but I guess that's he would say interesting. A little speciesist, Um, which I don't know if I agree with that, but I I see where the where the critique is coming from because the geonosins aren't treated. Oh, and there's totally like completely intellectual creatures. Oh yeah, yeah, and it's not like the are treated like animals in the star wars universe they're like they're a population they're a civilization yeah totally they that's... build the death star <laughs> yeah clearly they're intellectual that's an
0: interesting critique yeah and one that i think deserves looking at yeah
1: because it's not like they've said that ezra can um communicate with different languages or different species they specifically called said animal yeah um so maybe that was a wrong choice in words. Yeah. But Ezra's, Ezra was, had good intentions. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Okay, so how did we feel about Click-Clack? Well, he's the only nice Geonosian we've ever seen. <laughs> true. <laughs> true. Not not like Poggle. No. 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 <laughs> Wasn't it? It was after Geonosian arc. They were the ones that had the brain invaders. Yes. Right? It, they were from the, yeah. from the Clone yeah. Wars, which is the scariest episode of the Clone Wars ever. But the square lightsaber hole. The square, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you guys haven't watched the Clone Wars episode or remember it, it's back in season two, I think, uh, when right? It's yeah, there, yeah, I'll look at them. I'll look them. When Anakin and Barriss and Luminara and Ahsoka all go to Geonosis and uh, Ahsoka and Barriss get trapped. Um, there's like an explosion <laughs> on the plant and they get trapped underneath the rubble. And there's like one scene where Barris Cuts a hole in the wall, but it's not a hole. It's a square. It's a square. Like, it's have we ever seen a square before? Square. I think on uh, whatever the the rebels recon was for Clone Wars, Dave talked about it. It's season two, by the way. Confirmed. Season two, Senate Spy. Mhm. Um, but I don't even know
0: what we're talking. It's about. actually not Senate Spy. That just starts there, But Senate Spy oh. is an interesting one weather- with Rose, Brush Clovis. With Brush Clovis. Okay.
1: <laughs> well, what we really wanted to know was when the genocide. <laughs> it's season two, <laughs> but. <laughs> It starts at landing in Point Rain. Landing in Point. And Rain. ends with
0: Brain Invaders. Okay.
1: Oh, this was an interesting. I thought about this um, in while I was watching it. Uh, so we know Kevin Kiner, of course, does the music for Rebels. Mm-hmm. Um, he did it for Clone Wars too, right? I think so. Yeah. Um, and we always know that he uses he uses you know original John Williams music at very pivotal times in the episode. And did you notice when he used the Force theme? No. Yeah, when Kanan is moving the bridge, oh, um, of he course used, he uses the Force theme. Size matters not. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you think that was a, a good place to use something as iconic as the Force theme? I don't know. So he does it a lot lately. With whenever it's like Jedi moves, I haven't noticed. I think it's like a little.
0: It's a little liberal, but I'm just gonna go with it. <laughs> it's <laughs> a know, little like it's just like he, the uses of it. It's I don't know. I don't really know what to think anymore. I
1: Feel like I need to listen more closely for it but I know that I picked up on right away and I remember thinking is this should they should we be using the force thing here and then I was like no I think I'm okay with it because Kanan did this he moved like a whole bridge I know it was totally like a Yoda move it was it was a total Yoda move a total Yoda move and then Rex was like well, he's not a Skywalker. Oh, that was great. In jest. No.
0: Oh no. The best part of this episode. Okay, was yeah, so Was being, the sand joke. The sand joke. I
1: mean, <laughs> when is the sand joke never not? Going I saw to be on funny? Twitter that um, I
0: don't remember what writer s- suggested it. Like, you know, someone called it out and that they were they thought that Dave was gonna strike it and he didn't strike it.
1: <laughs> Why would Dave strike so it? Because
0: apparently he doesn't really like fan service like that. Hmm. But I loved it. I think it was totally necessary, considering that she yeah. was complaining already about the sand and <laughs> her armor
1: and everything. I so. mean, the sand, it does get everywhere. It, it does get everywhere. Okay. You know? But going back, <laughs> don't have you ever been on a beach? It gets everywhere. It gets everywhere. <laughs> um, okay, going back to Canaan though, um, the. Oh, so when Rex says that he's not a Skywalker, I started thinking about Kanan versus Anakin. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, man, Anakin is an awesome Jedi, you know, the hero with no fear. I was like, could he do all of that blind? Yeah. Like Kanan does. Um, he'd have to let go a little bit more, but yeah. I think Kanan is so much more calmer than Anakin yeah. would be oh, if that happened to him. Totally. <laughs> that goes without question.
0: You know that if that happened to Anakin, he'd be, like, depressed <laughs> Just, and, like, so much be more depressed whiny. depressed, <laughs> Yeah, literally depressed, Darth. At depressed, Darth. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. No, Kanan is totally, like he's a calm Jedi and he's, like, does it, he does things differently than the Jedi Order did and that's what makes him a really, really good Jedi.
1: It's funny, he brings up the Jedi Order a lot in the Jedi Code and, like, it's not the Jedi way, it's not the Jedi way. Mm-hmm. He says that a lot, which is so interesting because, really, until Ezra came, he kind of, I mean, he was hiding his, the fact that he was a Jedi or uh, he kept insisting that he wasn't a Jedi because he never finished his trials. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that he has Ezra, he's, stepped into that leadership role. I think a little reluctantly, Ezra makes I'd him say. stronger, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> They're a little family. They're going the family. family. <laughs> the space family. The space family. <laughs> um okay. So what are we looking forward to in the rest of this this
1: season? I'd be looking forward to if we brought Ahsoka back from the dead. <laughs> Is she dead? Slash purgatory <laughs> sith temple purgatory <laughs> who knows uh, i'd be looking forward to that what
0: else <laughs> i want some more episodes with sabine um yeah, i sabine. i cannot wait to see the introduction of obi-wan or in like some sort of mall situation and going to tatooine like what is gonna
1: happen i don't even oh, know yeah well i wonder if ezra and the rest of phoenix squadron are gonna get to tatooine as well I
0: don't um, know. I don't know, but I am so excited for that.
1: Like It'll how be close are they going to get to so Luke so interesting. Is it going to be, a, like, a situation where, like, Rex, when Rex saw Click Clack Draw the Death Star and he was like, oh, it's the Imperial logo, is he going to see, like, the last name Skywalker <laughs> at Tashi Station and be like, oh, must be a coincidence? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, how uh, close are they going to get yeah. to, to Luke? Are we going to hear, like, in the background, like, I'm looking for some power converters, but not actually see Luke. <laughs> Imagine. We'd Something all go like crazy. That. Although, maybe that would be a little too fancy. So it was maybe Dave, Dave. Dave would strike that. <laughs> Dave would strike that. <laughs> Stricken for the record.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's hard because you, you wonder how it's going to be when they go to Tatooine, and, or if they do go to Tatooine. I mean, I'm being presumptive. But the whole thing about... Yeah, I've they're seen it definitely on, going to Tatooine. I've seen it on, online a lot about how, you know, if they have an Obi-Wan... Movie or a series of movies that takes place between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope, if Obi Wan doesn't remain on Tatooine, it's you know, it's not it's not gonna be right. He needs to remain on Tatooine, the entire stretch from, you know, his time his exile on Tatooine. If he leaves it, then it kind of a a little bit ruins uh, some of it the mythology of Star Wars. Really. Yeah, him being barren on Tatooine is the only reason why Vader hasn't found him yet.
1: But he's been... Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. It makes me sad for Obi-Wan that he's never Oh yeah, Of of course, infinite (laughs) sadness. It's
0: awful. Infinite tragedy, infinite infinite sadness. Hashtag Star Wars. It's just like... But do you know what I mean? He can't leave Tatooine, so
1: the whole crew has to go. he's got to find someone on Tatooine if he's going to be... Ray's grandfather. Oh my god! Here we go. <laughs> I'm not gonna get into Dude. Ray Kenobi. Another uh, time. Another <laughs> episode. Another place. <laughs> yeah, I don't know because you think he's had some part in the rebellion. Like he's been in contact with Baral Bar- Bar- Organa. Mm-hmm. Um. So to what degree that contact is, and what exactly he's doing on Tatooine. Nothing. <laughs> no, he's doing something. Well, he's the thing like is, we've Luke seen on. The island. Octo. The island. We have to
0: remember that in the comics, the Star Wars comics, they have the like Obi Wan's journal that Luke finds, and there's a couple of instances where Obi Wan interacts with young Luke, and it's really great. I highly recommend it if you haven't checked it out. I forgot what issues they are, but. Um, basically well, you gotta read the whole series. Oh, of course. but these specific issues only deal with the journal. So it's Obi-Wan. It's actually Luke handling how he's never gonna see Obi-Wan again on Tatooine because Owen hates, you know, that crazy old wizard. Yeah, so it's interesting and Luke discovering like a little bit of his force powers and not really knowing what's happening. It's a little Harry Pottery, but it's great. <laughs> That's where my mind went. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Caitlin just finished the Harry Potter series. Yeah, I
1: just read Harry Potter for the first time. So, excuse me if my mythologies get a little mixed right now. <laughs> um, okay, so are you more excited for the Tatooine arc or Sabine Black Saber arc? Oh, I don't know. Mm. Maybe
0: they'll be connected somehow.
1: <laughs> I mean, they're all connected.
0: It's funny because I think that um, Rebels has gone away from the whole ARC format that Clone Wars has. They don't really do that anymore. It's more. It's m- much more linear just in the way that they do it. They do a complete episode more so than um, Clone Wars ever did.
1: Except for Ghost of Geniuses, yeah, which, was which
0: was two episodes.
1: Okay, sure, but it was like an hour-long <laughs> premiere.
0: But you know yeah, what I mean? We like... don't refer to anything as, like, an arc anymore.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we will. I think that's just been the nature of this season, maybe. Totally. Um, but... I can't wait to see where it goes. Black saber is going to be so cool. I, I wonder know. how Ezra is going to react to Sabine with the black saber. saber. I like, know. Hey, now. You're not a Jedi. <laughs> you're no Jedi. Right. We'll see.
0: We'll see. <laughs> There's a theory that I saw. that That one theory said that Sabine could possibly be Obi-Wan's daughter.
1: Oh, yeah. I was like, no. There's a lot. (laughs) The internet has a lot of things things. to say. So many things, (laughs) including this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so overall ranking of the episode. Oh, I thought it was great. I give it an A. An A? Yeah. I think I'm I'm trying to think if I had any critiques of the episode. It engaged
0: me the entire time. Sometimes these episodes don't fully engage me. I'm going to be honest.
1: Yeah. But
0: the... These, um, this one totally did. I wanted to, I was ready for the next one when it was the halfway point.
1: Yeah, sometimes, sometimes you can get a distracted. I remember when Saw took the egg from Click Clack yeah. as hostage and he pointed the gun at it. I literally gasped.
0: Me too! I thought. Me too. I also was wondering, like, do it. what's the metaphorical impact here? I was like, it was an interesting. <laughs> you moment. were a little too deep in your head. Yes. <laughs>
1: well, it reminded me, Um, it's funny how we look at Saw because he's kind of. It's almost like he's where Cassian is in Rogue One. That's where Saw is mentally in this episode of Ghosts of Geonosis. Mm-hmm. Because he is extreme. You're right. Um, he's willing to kill Click-Clack and the egg, just like Cassian actually did For information. kill the rebel informant at the beginning. Uh, but then he decides to give Click-Clack another chance, just like Cassian decides to let Galen live.
0: Totally. That's interesting. But in I'm what way, about the
1: parallels. In
0: what way does Saw become deeper than Cassian ever did? Uh, he gets lost in those tunnels for a little <laughs> too long, and uh, Cassian dies. Right. <laughs> you know, another connection that I really liked about this episode, I was telling you this before, but if in the Darth Vader comics, when Darth Vader goes back to Geonosis, which is a really great series, obviously, because there's a lot of reflecting of Darth Vader on his time on Geonosis,
1: mm-hmm. when
0: he was Anakin and, you know... You know, a lot of things happen anakin, for him. Is he still technically he anakin? anakin? <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Real deep. <laughs> but um, anyway, um, they have they show the queen, and you know that queen is click clack's egg. So I mean, great, great things. You know, I, I really admire what the story group is doing. So many connections. Anyway.
1: It's really it's really something else. In it.
0: (laughs) In it. In it. (laughs) I just feel like we're really lucky to like have this expansive fandom.
1: (laughs) As Charlotte says quite frequently now, it's such a great time to be a Star Wars fan. It really is such a great time to be a Star Wars fan. I mean I I, we used to remember like we uh, there were times. We can't even talk because we weren't we weren't around Around, in like the eighties and nineties. No, we can't.
0: But like I swear I remember having conversations with you. When Clone Wars was at its height, I was like, man, I really feel like Star Wars is having a really good time right now. It's like really a truly like close knit fan community because mm-hmm. of this show, and like people really love this show, and it's kind of like still a little bit underground. And you know, I, I felt like this big resurgence in respect of Star Wars coming back, and obviously it did because that's when the purchase
1: <laughs> clearly Disney purchase <laughs> happened. If only we had known.
0: It's it's just funny, though, because I remember we were thriving off of that, and we were mm-hmm. like, this is all it's going to be, and we're going to talk about this, about this for the rest of our lives. So it's just so funny that we're here, and we get a movie every single
1: year. Yeah, it's—I <laughs> <laughs> don't even know— It's so crazy. How we're going to handle having a movie every year. And just the excitement level and the anticipation <laughs> of building to it. Like, that... Also the emotions. Rogue One like... was a little easier, the, the build-up to Rogue One, than Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. Force Awakens was just ridiculous the anticipation we had three years to think
0: only about The Force Awakens see all the older
1: people listening are gonna be like oh my god that was like every Star Wars movie movie." ever (laughs) I know we realize this okay we're never
0: allowed to complain (laughs) (laughs) but like we had three years and we were all, all we talked about was this whole like era that was now undefined and you know we had no idea what we were going to
1: see I could never even picture what the entire movie was going to look like 1996 what it, was gonna be. it was like 1996 it had to be like 1996 that's what 1996 is like except without Tumblr without Twitter, <laughs> without, Twitter. without fan <laughs> theory
0: yeah. <Well>, like YouTube <laughs> anything
1: oh god no YouTube, YouTube. <laughs>
0: What was it like? I don't know.
1: It was like Fanboys. (laughs) Yeah, it was. (laughs) Great. Great movie. Fanboys is this movie by Kyle Newman, if you haven't ever seen it, and it's about this group of friends who uh, road trips from, they live in like Ohio or something, Mm -hmm. and it's right before um, Phantom Menace comes out, and they hatch this plan to break into Lucasfilm and watch the movie before it comes out, Um, and it's all about their antics. They... Uh, Running. There's a lot of
0: cameos.
1: There's so many cameos. Carrie Fisher, William yeah. Shatner, uh, Ray Park is in it. Yeah, um, I forgot about that until I was watching that clip again. I know Ray Park <laughs> yeah. is in it. Um, it's it's a fabulous movie. Like the the Easter eggs. As a Star Wars fan, it is, is fantastic. It. Yeah, is it's
0: like it's so yeah. good. Kyle Newman did a fantastic job. We Thank love you. Kyle Newman.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Kyle. Kyle Newman.
0: Newman, you're not listening, but <laughs> yeah.
1: it's. Um, yeah, Fanboys is hilarious. Yeah, it's but fantastic. But that's, that's what it was like.
0: Um, I just can't even imagine it. Yeah. We're lucky. Yeah. Again, we're very lucky. And the books that have been coming out... Anyway. That's a whole other topic
1: Yeah, a whole other <laughs> but, time.
0: Exactly. Okay, so I think that maybe we should take a few minutes to talk about Carrie Fisher. Um, her death has been basically one of the only things i've thought about for the past week week and a half and um with especially with this new documentary bright lights out um it's so clear how special carrie fisher was to everyone who knew her and who you know was impacted by princess leia um to have that documentary come out it was like so beautiful and amazing to watch and really validated a lot of points that I had in my head about why I loved Carrie Fisher. I don't know about you.
1: Yeah, it was just, I, like, le- learning that she died was just, it was crazy. I've never felt that kind of emotion about a celebrity. A celebrity. Me neither. And I don't think I, I really will, honestly. Me I neither. just I had this vision that Carrie Fisher was going to be that, like, 90-year-old celebrity at it the was celebration like, we took our kids, kids to, to yeah. you know? And she would just kind of, I always thought, I don't know, I guess I just always assumed that she would outlive everyone Everyone else else. in Star Wars, you know? And for her to be the first to go, and for her to be the first to go when she was just on the cusp of all of this, of the Princess Diaries of episode eight, of being in Rogue One, it's just, it's heartbreaking. Totally. Um, And then watching Bright Lights, though, like you said, it was just such a justification and a validation of how... um, of just how great she was and how unique and um, original and how much she loved her family, loved her mother, um, and how hard she fought kind of every day to be present and to appreciate the life she had. Totally. Um, she was truly beautiful.
0: I. She was. Um, it is so almost magical that Carrie and Debbie died within a day of each other. It's so sad. But to have that documentary as, like, a lasting impact is so great. I mean, you were saying earlier today how you had read that they had both done it for each other, in a way.
1: Yeah, there was this article, it was from the, I think the directors or the producers of Bright Lights, and they talked about how um, Carrie... wanted to do this documentary um as like a tribute to her mother and how hard her mother worked and the fact that her mother was still that debbie was still doing these shows and going out at her age and carrie wanted it as a way to memorialize debbie really because she didn't feel like debbie was getting enough um not even accolades but just recognition for all the hard work she was putting in and then Debbie, uh, as the the writer said, was really doing it because Carrie thought it was a good, good idea. idea. <laughs> so they were really just doing it for each other, and there was just something so lovely and and special about that. Um, if you haven't seen Bright Lights, it's on HBO Go, totally. and it is. Uh, make sure you're watching it either with a with, box of tissues. with good friends or by yourself. <laughs> um. yeah.
0: I I made the mistake of watching it with my mom, and yeah. <laughs> I love my mom, and it was just like. Really emotional as a mother-daughter movie.
1: <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, I mean, they lived next door, not it, even next door to each other, like, on the same property as each other. I really need um, that house to become a house museum. Yeah, 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 uh, the, um, you get kind of an in-depth, not in-depth, but you get to see a lot of Carrie Fisher's house. And her collections. Of things. It's, it's great. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. The <laughs> best sense of humor. Her house is, like, a perfect representation of who she was. Um, Totally, in her humor. Yeah, yeah, it really was. It was like you really felt like you knew who Carrie Fisher was by walking around in her house and just seeing her inside her element Mm -hmm. and inside her environment. Totally. Um,
0: I want to know more about what it was like for Billy to be raised there. I don't know. I want to know a lot of things.
1: (laughs) I know, we need... I want the documentary to be, like, five hours. I <laughs> I was not ready for it to end. No, I wish it was, like, they had done one every, like, five years or something. Or, like, a series. <laughs> or a series, yeah. That would have been fantastic. A series would have been fantastic. All we know is that the Star Wars world is a little... The galaxy a little dimmer without... Totally. Miss Carrie Fisher. You know,
0: we had the opportunity to meet her in mm-hmm. 2010 when we went to Celebration, and she was so unbelievably nice.
1: She was so nice. I wish it was one of those things that I
0: remembered better. I know, because it was like, we were so excited. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, it's like one of those things where you walk out and you're like, you're so excited that you, like, blacked out.
1: Yeah, it it (laughs) really was. And it was like, you don't even... You're so nervous to go in there. You don't want to be cliche, but what are you, you going to say? Nice you just want to like look at her. <laughs> and <laughs> Have the full experience. Yeah, as Carrie would say, the celebrity lap dance. The celebrity lap. We were ready for it. We were, we were ready for the celebrity lap dance. We paid our money. money. <laughs> we shoved those $1 bills at her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, it is, but it was great. She was so
0: nice. I mean, you can yeah. tell. There's a part in the documentary about how... Like truly kind she was to all the fans. And mm. it was like, it's so true. She's so nice and so yeah. respectful. And, you know, she talked ab- always about how she was so proud to be the custodian of Leia. And mm-hmm. it was yeah. beautiful.
1: There's this great thing about Carrie where she could be brutally honest about something. Like the fact that um, going to conventions and things was a celebrity lap dance uh, that a lot of people did it simply for the money in it, and she could be honest about that. But then she could also, in that, in that same uh, vein, be incredibly kind and humble about meeting fans and not looking at it as just another paycheck. You know, she would say, "It is another paycheck, but it's a good paycheck, and <laughs> I'm excited to meet these fans." Like totally. she, she's one of the few people that I think can get away with that. <laughs> Completely. She's built her whole life around being exceptionally honest and true. Totally. And, like, in the way that she was exceptionally honest, she was so vulnerable that it was, mm-hmm. you know, in the most positive way. Yeah, in the, in Bright Lights, you really see a whole other level of that vulnerability and uh, kind of the toll that her mental illness had on her. Totally. Um, you just understand it a lot more, too. It, it puts things in perspective about mm-hmm. um, kind of her whole life, really. And her struggles. Yeah, you don't think about... I mean, I guess we weren't we weren't really alive when Kara was kind of in all the headlines yeah. Right, to Paul Simon. But for me, I never thought of her as a depressed or manic-depressive mm-hmm. 20-year-old. No. It was like that was something that was only for, you know, a 40-year-old or a 50-year-old yeah. or a six year old And so Bright Lights was really... You kind of got to see more of how mm-hmm. that affected her as a younger person, too. That it was something she'd been dealing with her whole life. Completely. Okay. Well...
0: You know we the force is with Carrie, and we miss her, and yeah, we don't know what it's gonna what the future is gonna look like without her within Star Wars, but I think we just had to say some few things about Carrie going forward. Um, I think that's gonna be it for our podcast today,
1: yeah, yeah um
0: we you can contact us you you can be found on your Twitter page at.
1: Caitlin Flusher. Sure. Yes. Yeah. And um, I am on Instagram. <laughs> C-R-E-R-R-I-T-Y. We have a website um, that will post all of our links and stuff that you can find us on if you're interested mm-hmm. um, and telling us your thoughts about the show um, or just want to see what we're talking about. It's not always Star Wars, but it's, it's usually Star Wars. It's generally Star Wars. Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, uh, our website will... We're still working on it, but... Uh, Hopefully, it'll be a fun place where we can post uh, show notes or extra things like that, funny Tumblr posts. Um, (laughs) Anything. Literally anything. Um, But if you'd like, you can also uh, hit the subscribe button on iTunes, um, or you can also rate and review us. We would love to know your thoughts, Um, things we can do better. After all, this is our first podcast, so we'd love to hear. (laughs) Any feedback. Yeah, any feedback is welcome feedback. So we would really appreciate that. And uh, we thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to us. And may the force be with you. May the force be Be with with you.